And so my encouragement today would just be, just do it. Just do it. Take the step. Understand that there will be people that will surround you and help guide you. Welcome back to Passionate Pursuits, powered by Quirns Coaching, LLC. I'm your host, Bridget Quirns. My guest this week is Desiree Cruz, who is the curator of my new collaborative book, Warrior Women. I would also love to invite you over to YouTube, where my friend Beth Orr and I have created a brand new video cast called Click Moments and Passionate Pursuits, The Unfolding. Check out the show notes for the direct link. Desiree Cruz joins us today. You may recognize her name because way back in episode seven, we talked to her husband, Jesse Cruz. Desiree is a dedicated wife and mother of three beautiful girls. She has a passion for empowering women and loves exploring different cultures and food from around the world. She is the co-owner of Merge Worldwide, where she hosts live events for entrepreneurs from all over the country. Welcome, Desiree. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. So like wheel it back to when you really kind of first had a vision for your life when you were younger, what was your vision like then? What did you dream of doing? Oh, so when I was younger, I actually had a really, really, really tough childhood. So to be honest with you, um, my vision wasn't very positive for my life. I had just a really hard childhood in a very tough family and a very hard home in a very poor section of Cape May, New Jersey. So honestly, I had a really, really not great mindset about myself and I was stuck. I was stuck in this idea and this mindset that I was not going to have a good life. Almost like, almost like I was born to have a rough, tough and struggle life. So I did not have uh, this vision of myself in a positive way by any means. Um, I always knew like I wanted to help other people and I felt like I was called to be like someone who serves people. I, so I knew that about myself, but I honestly, to be honest with you, I was stuck in this whole idea that God just made me to struggle and to just live a life of struggle. So that was kind of where I was stuck when I was a child for, geez, probably until I was in my late 20s. That's kind of how I was all the way up from when I was little all the way up into my 20s, to be honest with you. What shifted that for you? So the life-changing moment, and I talk about this a little bit in the book too, is when I had my daughter. So I became 21, I became a mom, and everything changed for me, everything. I looked at this little baby girl, and I promised myself that she was going to have a better life. She was going to have a great life. She was going to have a good life, and it wasn't going to be because of me and the way that I thought about my life, that her life was going to be the same way. And so I promised myself, and I promised her dad that I would do anything and everything to make sure that she had a good life. So everything changed in my life. Everything in my mind changed. I no longer looked at myself as a victim. Um, 
And I really just decided both feet on the ground. This is up to me. I'm going to make sure that it's going to be a good life for Haley. So yeah, that was my life-changing moment is when we became a mom. What kind of inner work did that take to really put some meat on the bones of that new vision? It took so much work. It took so much self-work. I had to really work on myself because like I said, I was, I had a very toxic version of myself that I thought of. And I had a really toxic version of what I thought about just people in general. I had experienced a lot of trauma and I just thought that I was always going to be that person that just was full of trauma. And thankfully I found God. I found God. I had a horrible accident happen um, where I lost my fiance in a hit and run when I was 21, when I was pregnant and I was nine months pregnant at the time. And when I had Haley, I thought to myself, how am I going to teach her about God if I've never been shown it, if I don't know it? And so I had to do a journey with her about finding God and finding who God was for me and finding how God does things for you to be able to release things that I had carried for so long. I carried those things my whole life. And I did not want to carry him anymore because I knew that it was just going to impact Haley in a not a good way. So I decided that I needed to find God. I needed to learn about God. I needed to know who God was for myself, who was for my daughter and how to explain what happened with her dad Mm -hmm. in a way that I'm not, I, I didn't feel qualified to be able to tell her that. So I, so I found the local church at Cross Creek in Palmyra and Honestly, it was 10 years in the healing process. I mean, 10 years I've been going there and 10 years I'm still unfolding things about myself that I wanted to get better, you know? What made you seek, you said you realized that you wanted to learn about God and you wanted to be able to incorporate that into yours and Haley's life what made you specifically seek God out? Had you had like a history of faith in your life or what was it that Mm -hmm. made you go, this is the thing that I need? Yeah. So my, both my parents went to Catholic school and we never talked about God in my family ever. I mean, we just didn't talk about it. They did not have a good experience. They had a really, really bad experience with Catholic school. Uh, That was when Catholic school was a lot different. And so we just didn't talk about it. And I I don't think because my mom and my dad had a bad experience, we just didn't talk about faith ever. So when I was pregnant with Haley and her dad passed away, it made me seek it because I needed to heal. And I knew that. And I needed to find someone who could show me how to do that and to learn more about God because God was the person that could heal and the person that could make me better. So, and I needed to be able to explain this in a way to my daughter when she was old enough to understand what happened to her dad. So I knew that that day was going to come. And then what was I going to say? If I didn't know, if I don't really know it, how am I going to teach it to you? Because then I feel like I'm doing almost what I feel like maybe might've done to me is that there was things said a lot in my childhood about like, this is it, you know? without them really knowing or really having the information behind to back that up. 
So I didn't want to be that parent. I didn't want to be that parent to Haley. I wanted to actually know what I was talking about when I would mention things like that, because it's a huge vital piece of spirituality is a huge piece of people. And um, so that's really what it was. I just wanted to be able to know enough to explain to her when she asked, because I knew it was going to come and it did. I'm curious, what do you think the difference is between someone seeking that understanding for themselves, like a relationship with God and spirituality versus maybe being given a packaged version of it? You know, here's what you should believe and here's why. Um, What's the difference? Because you had that experience of being able to seek it yourself. Yeah. So I'm actually really happy that I was able to seek it myself. Um, because I was able to determine on, okay, so this is what's being put in front of me. Do I believe in my soul that this is what is true? Are you saying things that I know that I'm reading? Like, is your sermons connected to what the Bible actually says? Um, versus someone just telling me what the story was, right? I, so, so many people have different versions of what they believe the Bible says. And so when I went to the church, I wanted to make sure that the church was saying and speaking directly from the Bible. So when they, when I knew that they were doing it directly from the Bible, not doing their own version of whatever their scripture was, um, I loved it because, because that's evidence to me that you're doing exactly what comes from the Bible. So in my life, what happened is that people were feeding me things, a prepackaged version of like what you're saying, of what faith was or what God was. And it was their version of it. It wasn't what was actually said in the Bible. So I was able to find what was actually written in the Bible and to have someone actually preaching that what was actually written in the Bible versus what they believed their idea of it was. So it was really great because I was able to hold on to certain things, you know, certain things that the pastor was saying as it was just like, whoa, you know, I know that this is from the Bible. So I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm healing, and I'm applying, right? And that was what was really, really great for me because I knew it was there and I knew it was truth, not just something that it was not just a different perspective of what someone was thinking, you know? You said when when you would hear something, it would feel a certain way and you like made this gesture of, of it, you know, you could feel that it was true. Can you describe for me a little bit? What does that feel like when something comes home and resonates and it feels like truth? Mm. Man, it's like freedom. It really is like freedom because when they, when they speak into certain things and your soul can resonate with it, it's like, you've been freed from almost chains, you know, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feeling. One of my favorite ones is a time for everything. I have actually right here next to me. Mm. I tend to look that over every once in a while, just to kind of remind myself that uh, there is a time for everything. And it's, it's my most favorite out of the entire Bible is a time for everything. Um, Because it goes over a lot of different seasons and a lot of different perspectives and understandings of when to hold on to things and when to let things go. So that was, I remember the very first time I read that and I was like, wow, yeah, it changes your life. When you, when you read certain things that just hit you, it just changes your life. It does. I find it really interesting that you 
take comfort in that specific passage because a lot of people find it challenging because it will challenge you with the belief that, you know, there is a season to live and there's a season to die. Mm -hmm. There's a season where you're planting and you're not seeing any harvest from that. And then there's a season where you get to harvest, but there's this evidence of a balance in all things. And that's really interesting that you've, that you've chosen that verse specifically because it can be challenging. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. I just think that it brought me so much peace when I read it, even though it, it, I can absolutely see how it's challenging. And, and, but I like that. Yeah. I like that because it challenges how we think versus how it is written. And I found so much peace in that. Like for instance, when my daughter passed away, shortly after my daughter passed away, I went back to that verse mm. and it says very clearly that in this verse, it says to us, we might not understand these seasons, but these are, this is what the season is, you know, and there's seasons for all of these things. And when we come to those seasons, it's, it's okay to have peace in those seasons, even if they're challenging. And that was, I got to tell you, it was something that I needed at the time. It, it brought me so much peace that I couldn't find, I couldn't find peace in any of that. And then when I read that, I found peace in that instantly. Yeah. So interesting. And also you mentioned something about challenges, about being challenged and how it almost sounds like, you know, you love a good challenge. Like I'll seek out a challenge. <laughs> Where does that come from? <laughs> uh, I think it just goes right back to my childhood again. Honestly, I thought to myself that I just was going to be in this uh, never ending circle of, of dysfunction and trauma, you know, for so long, I experienced a lot of trauma. Um, and I don't say that to be a victim because I'm no longer a victim. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you very clearly it is, consuming and it consumes people when you're stuck in that trauma circle and that trauma it just it just it just feels like it will never end and so now I love a great challenge because I had a victim mindset and a and a, honestly a, a vision that I was just going to not ever have a successful life and now that I've broken all of that and I've stepped into the idea of what God's given me and what God's created for me and how he's actually used all those pieces to be, to make me who I am. Now I'm like, all right, let's go. What, what else do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. It's I'm definitely, I definitely really like a good challenge. And uh, so does my kids, my kids do too. And my husband. So yeah. we're just, a we're <laughs> here for it. We're here. We're here for conquerors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, although I don't like the word conquer. Um, the way that you put it gives me more of an image of, you said all of those things have made me who I am. And it's not that we've conquered certain things. It's that we have like integrated them. Mm -hmm. Like embraced it almost. Yeah. Embraced it and loved it. Um, not that we have to say, you know, I love grief or trauma, but we can look at ourselves and the person that we've become once we have integrated that and say, I love who I am. Mm -hmm. I love who I am because of all of those parts of me. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't see us as broken or as imperfect. 
God sees all the parts of us, mm-hmm. every little bit of it and says, I love you. Yeah. And there's no caveat on that. It just is. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting way to look at challenges, obstacles, grief, trauma, and say, I love those parts of me. How do you help other women specifically? Because I know you do a lot of work with women. How do you help other women look at themselves in that way? Well, I think first confidence, you know, I think really building a community to create a non-judgmental confidence about women and, and embracing, like we talked about, embracing the things, embracing the moments, embracing and pivoting and put, being able to put our feet back down and then having a community just surround you in a way where nobody has before something really, really happens to that person when that happens. When you get a person in the room says, this is what's happening to me and this is what I would like to do and this is my story and then you get a whole group of women to surround her and almost like a shield around her to lift her up, it's unbelievable what happens to people in the room. It builds their confidence. It makes them grow. They challenge themselves to do things that they've never done before. And they're filled with peace about what's happened to them. And then they're ready to rock to make a difference. And I've seen it. And I, it's one of my favorite things that I love doing is that the growth and the the community and the shield that forms for these women is, it's just, it's so humbling. I can't even explain to you. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit for a second. So you and Jesse, co-owners of Merge Worldwide, what was your vision for that and how has that kind of emerged into what it is now? Well, so we used to walk around our circle of our house and do a nightly walk and just pray about this business. We used to just, we used to walk and we used to pray together about someday owning a business where we can merge both of our passions and create a life together that would, you know, be fundamental in our family, but also have an impact in so many people's lives um, that are doing the entrepreneur journey, you know? So we wanted to target inspiring entrepreneurs because we just want to be around people who want to inspire people and who want to impact people. So that's, that's really who our people are. And then we wanted to kind of merge different things together. So networking, speaking, community, um, travel. So we just kind of wanted to merge those things together and, and create an opportunity for people to share their stories because sharing our stories is what created the entire piece of Merge Worldwide. So we just wanted to be able to do that for other people. That's really what it was is because when I saw my husband sharing his story for the first time, I literally watched him heal right in front of me. And every time he did it, he kept healing and he kept healing and he kept healing. And we're like, Jesse, we have to figure out how we can help other people do the same exact thing. So that's kind of how Merge Worldwide started is we we started recognizing that this is what's working and this is what's happening. And, you know, God is doing this and faith is Faith is the piece of this. She's what started all of this. So with the loss of our baby girl, we started an entire mission of being able for people to share their stories. So it's just been 
it's been mind blowing. Other than getting to see Jesse speak and heal before your eyes on stage, what are some other really impactful moments that have happened in your speaker competitions? Mm, man, I got to tell you, I've seen lifelong friendships form. I've seen people supporting other people's businesses. They're all friends and going to each other's events now. Yeah. We have, we had moments where people were just praying for other people. And we were, we had this one gentleman come on and he was honoring his brother who passed away. And he said his entire life, he just wanted to be able to sing on stage this song for his brother. Mm -hmm. So for one of our breaks, we actually had David come up onto the stage and he sang Mm -hmm. uh, the song that he always wanted to sing. And it was like, God was in the room with us. We, it started being like a, it was a, I can only imagine song. Yeah. And it was just a moment. I have goosebumps actually right um, now. Yeah, I'm I have chills of- <laughs> all the way up my spine. Like my, the hair on my arms is standing up right now. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to say that our platform was able to give his dream uh, a reality and to be able to sing that song to see what happened in the room. And it was just like me and uh, this one lady was in the back. We just were just, it was like, it turned into like a praise, you know, and, and it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I would say that was one of the ones that I can't ever forget. I won't ever forget that moment with David. It was beautiful. This is something I want to jump on because we were talking about different questions around the business. Um, but let's just focus on this for a moment because you and Jesse having a vision and feeling like you had a calling to do something with this business, saying yes to that and following it, even when it was scary, even when it was tough, even when it's still tough and you still have to work through hiccups and things that enables so many people, countless people now to share their stories and experience healing. And it's a gift that you're giving to people. And just think about what would have happened if you would have said no, or I can't, or not yet, or got stuck in the how. Mm -hmm. So the question that we were talking about was what advice would you give someone who feels like they have a calling? Yeah. It's, it's so true because that's, I feel like that's what happens with a lot of people. They, they become overwhelmed with worry rather than just stepping out and doing it. And so my encouragement today would just be, just do it, just do it. Take the step, understand that there will be people that will surround you and help guide you. There are people out there who will help in the areas that you're feeling like you're not as strong in. And if you actually just reach and dive into the strength of God, he will show you ways that he can help guide you and give you strength and give you clarity on the things that you feel like you're a little overwhelmed about or not clear on. Um, Because without taking this step, we get stuck and then we're, we're, we're taking away the gift that we've been given to share with other people to help impact So I would just say, take the step, take the step, even if you're not sure about all 100 parts of the pieces, as long as you have majority of the pieces in the plan, God will carry and guide you throughout the entire rest of the journey. And God will put people in the room. 
he will surround you with people in your community and he will be able to provide the strength that you need to keep pushing and keep persevering about through the hiccups because he does promise if he does promise hiccups he does and there has been some um so that's the other side of business that people don't like to talk about but there's a lot of hiccups that you have to overcome and if you get caught in your feelings then the purpose starts kind of going away and so we're if we're called to do something that it, it means that we have to be obedient to that and there's people out there who need you to be obedient to that. So I, that would be my encouragement. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we wouldn't grow without the hiccups. I mean, it's just that the, the same thing we were just talking about where there's seasons for everything. How can you know if something is good and prosperous and wonderful if you don't also feel the bad and hard and painful? If we don't mm-hmm. have dark, we don't know what light is. So there has to be the existence of a balance so that we can grow through things. If it's if it's just easy and sunshine, rainbows, and butterflies. And gold-plated, yeah. Right, then we're not, we're here to grow and to mm-hmm. evolve and to grow back to God and grow closer to God and grow in that relationship. And what would we need a relationship for if we didn't need help? <laughs> we're just like, yeah. I got this, I'm on my own, everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, I think that's a huge part of it is like, I was just listening to uh, my pastor yesterday, actually, and he was talking about him being the vine and us being the branches. And it's, it's so true. If you're connected to the vine, then you're able to, to have the fruit. The more you're connected to the vine of it all, which is God, right? If, if the more you're connected to hearing and listening to what he has called you to do in your life and what your specific gift is, Mm -hmm you will find the branches along the way and you're one of those branches. And what happens in a powerful community of people who all share that same connection to the vine is a lot of fruit comes in abundance. And I can tell you, I have a very, very clear abundance that has come from me being so connected to the vine and my community being connected to the vine we together have created so much fruit for people. And if we didn't say yes to that, all of that fruit wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. You know, we, those people wouldn't have been able to share their stories and they wouldn't have grown personally and helped heal themselves and heal other people. So being the more you're connected to the vine, the better you're able to have that fruit. Yeah. So I say that everyone comes here with a purpose. Um, in our lives. And for some, it's a lot easier to talk about that. It's a lot easier to see that. Um, I don't believe there's anyone who's without a purpose, but you were just talking about being connected and, you know, really doing that first, making that relationship and that connection first. But how does someone know when their calling or their purpose that they've identified is from God? Like, how do you determine like, mm, I love that. Thinking, That's I'm a great question. Cause a lot of people. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think like, I think God has a way of tugging on you. Mm-hmm. He has a way of, it's almost like a whisper tug. That's the best way I can explain mm-hmm. my, my version of this is like, 
it's like he will show you things that make you feel fully 100% filled in your soul. And he'll show you and he'll keep putting those things in front of you. He'll keep giving you those experiences. And when you feel that fulfillment in your soul, that's God whispering to you that this is it. This is it. What is it that you like to do so much that you feel like it's not even work? It's just like what you were meant to do, what you're what you were born to do. Um, he'll keep putting that in front of you. And he won't he won't specifically say this is it this is it this is it um it's up to you to kind of see what he keeps putting in front of you and then also the people he keeps placing in front of you i think that's another huge one is once you actually look for who he's placing and why you'll start seeing that he's been there the whole time so i you know i was at a park one day and Jesse Cruz happens to be there. You know, that's not coincidence. <laughs> um, he placed Jesse and I was placed for Jesse in that season of our life to be able to connect together at the time and to grow together in, in all ways, including spirituality. Um, he divinely places people. So I think that if you listen to that and you don't give excuses of why, uh, you know, oh, I'm not really sure about her. I'm not really sure about him. And I don't really like that about her. It's not really about that. What it's about is that he's putting people in front of you so that you can learn from them and you can grow yourself. And, and that's what happens. He takes people and then he puts people. And that's just, I think truly for every season I've seen that every season I've had people and then, you know, or they've been removed one or the other. And I think that's, you know, the tugging in the heart and the whispers and then the people, I think that's what it is. That's what, that's what my answer would be for that. I love that you just brought up coincidence because I'm reading um, the power of intention uh, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And one page ago, where I had my pencil stuck in, I underlined this. The word coincidence does not describe luck or mistakes. It describes that it describes that which fits together perfectly. Mm. That's so good. And it that fit, it's I mean, it works exactly the way you were just describing it. Mm -hmm. It's just harmonizing our own ability to choose our free will with God's will for our life. Mm -hmm. And when we harmonize that, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I see these seeming coincidences show up all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. multiple times a day, all over the place, just mm -hmm. everywhere, just crazy things showing up all the time. And it's like, oh, I must be really in sync with God with God's will, because like, we're vibrating at the same wavelength, right? <laughs> so God's like, here's evidence, 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 evidence. You know? <laughs> um, and I, the more I get in sync with that, the more I see it happening. So I feel like what you described is very, mm -hmm. very accurate. You'll know. It's true. He'll keep putting it in it. front of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He will keep putting it in front of you and keep putting it in front of you. And then, you know, same with people. Yeah. That's true. That, the cool thing is we do have 
the ability to choose. So like we can decide whether we're going to show up and play ball today. Mm -hmm. God will keep putting those things there. You know, God doesn't get exhausted when we, when we continue ignoring them, but we have to show up and say, okay, okay, okay. I'm ready to do the work. I see. I get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready to pick up the ball and play. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. It's up to us. That's that free will piece. Yep. Yeah. Oh gosh. So many questions that I have. Um, You said you and Jesse had made the decision to really focus in on providing this opportunity for entrepreneurs to grow entrepreneurs. What makes a person an entrepreneur? I think just having your passion established and your people chosen that you want to make an impact to is what an entrepreneur is. It's finding your gift, using your gift and impacting the world and and the people that, that are chosen for your impact because not everybody is for you. And I've can't stress that enough. There isn't a group of people that will, they'll try to challenge everything that you're doing, but, but there's always a group of people that need you and and need your gifts and need your, your services. So, you know, it, it works both ways. Not everybody's for you, but there's a lot of people for you. There's a lot of people for you. I had a very wise podcast guest tell me when we were talking about niche, you know, what's your niche? Everyone tells you when you're an entrepreneur or when you're growing a business, you really need to focus on the niche because those are your people. She said, well, your niche is your tribe. Who's your tribe? Who's in your tribe? That's your niche. And that was so mind blowing for me because it was so simple and so obvious like mm-hmm. here I was, I'm like, I don't know what my niche is. I mean, like I can work with everybody. And she's like, no, no, no. Who's your tribe? Who are your people? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. You can't work with everybody. Even though you want to work with everybody, you can't work with everybody because not everybody's there for it. Not everybody's there for your services. Right. Yeah. So you have grown Merge Worldwide and I've seen you have new things happening all the time, bigger things, new things, expanding, trying different things. How is the business's mission growing now looking into the future? Well, I just want to keep impacting and I want to, I want to impact as many as people as possible. That's really what it is. Is my, my little baby girl was one pound and she impacted more people in 42 days of living than I have I'll be 38 on April 27th. This little one pound baby has impacted all of these people because Merge Worldwide doesn't exist without faith. So really just changed my perspective 100% is that if I'm following what God is telling me and my husband to do, we can count on him and his strength to help guide us, help get the people in the room, help, help grow this so that we're impacting the people to numbers that you can't even believe. Our goal is to impact a million people. That's our goal. And that includes every speaking engagement my husband goes on, every retreat that we run, every speaker competition that we have, and all of their people that come to watch. And having the Facebook posts uh, impact somebody or the Warrior Women's Project and the women and their families and their friends and their legacy that they're leaving behind and it just keeps going. So so the impact will just keep going. And when I'm not here anymore, there'll still be people impacted from little faith. 
because of the legacy thing with the book, it, it will continue to be an impact for people who read the book even far along when I'm, when I'm not here anymore. Yeah. So I, I would, I, we want to, we have a goal of a million people and, you know, I truly believe that God's going to make that happen. I mean, how do you even measure that? Who's to say you haven't hit that yet and exceeded? Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking as you're describing this, I'm just thinking every person who comes to the retreat, every person who's spoken, every person who's seen Jesse speak, every person who's seen your posts or who has, you know, who's going to pick up a copy of Warrior Women, all of those people then turn and impact more people. Yes. It's more people. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, I think... I think you probably have already hit that, but <laughs> time for a new yeah, I, it's just every person who every person that reads the book or any person yeah. that do, like gives it to another person that reads right. the book. And between us, we have uh, every single person in my family has become an author now. Yeah. So it's like we have multiple books in our family that are just kind of going around. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and that there is a key in that which kind of led into the next question I had written down really nicely. But the key in that is that you're not doing it alone. You have a community and you had said, you know, it's so important to ask for support and to ask for help and to find Mm -hmm. people. How does someone find that community? How do they find support? I would just say, keep networking. I think networking is the biggest piece of this is to have faith in people. You know, there's the world is full of ideas that there's nothing good going on in this world anymore. And that's not true. It's not true. Are there people who are not really good for you or not good for your business and not good for your family? Yes. But God tends to not place those people for you. And if he does, you usually learn something from it. So there are many, many people out there continue to network. Because the community piece of this is so big because we are seriously better together. He says that. He says that all of our branches come together and it just provides fruit. And that's what I think networking is so beautiful is because they can, when you meet the right connection, they can provide things that changes everything, changes everything. Like when you meet the right publisher or if you meet the right marketer or if you meet the right partnership. Or if you have the the right group of women surrounding you on a on in a in a weekly session to keep you focused and keep you going, uh, the right friendships around you when you're becoming a mother, or and I could just go on and on and on. But the community is the biggest, hugest, most important piece. And so I have a mission. I'm very intentional about meeting as many people as I can who have the same kind of mindset and wanting to inspire. That's really what, I'm not looking for perfect by any means. I'm looking for people who want to make an impact in the world and who are wanting to lift other people up. And usually when you have that vibe, everybody just kind of sees that vibe and then it just becomes a huge, so I can't tell you how huge our community is now. It's like, it's a lot of people because there's a lot of people out there doing good things still. Yeah. I think a hallmark of a good connection is when you when you approach the connection this way, but when you also notice the other person does, when you approach a connection with a mind of how can I help you? How can I serve? Mm-hmm. 
because if we approach a connection and it's an instant, you know, self focus, like what can I get out of this? Mm-hmm. They'll feel that like that's a taking mm-hmm. sort of feeling. But when you approach a connection and you genuinely just say, you know, I saw what you wrote, it impacted me because of this. I'd love to be able to, you know, offer something that will open so many doors and Mm -hmm. it has to be authentic. Like you have to be able to really develop yourself authentically to be able to say, yes, I am genuinely going out to make these connections from a place of how can I serve people? Mm -hmm. As soon as you're able to do that, I mean, as of now, I have not had any doors slammed in my face. I've had some gently closed, but mm-hmm. there are always a good, there's always a good reason. It's not a self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just experienced an incredible opening and welcoming when you approach mm-hmm. connections from that perspective. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it actually, it really makes you stand apart from a lot of other people because when you are truly in the best interest of your people and their families. And you actually really, truly, sincerely want to see them win. Yeah. It's a huge difference. It's a, you are set apart from most who are not necessarily wanting to do business because of different reasons. So, yeah, I think that it's the reason why you've had such, you know, amazing experiences, Bridget, is because you can tell that you're a servant. You know, you know, you can, you can genuinely tell that you're not in it for you. You're in it for people. And so that's a God thing. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And a big part of my vision for the clients who I work with is activating their potential, but not just for that piece. It's so that they can then take that potential, that wholeness of who they are and serve the world from that. It's that that piece has to be there because I've found, and I know that you found, and so many others have found, you will not experience fulfillment until you're serving the world from what Mm -hmm. God has given you. You won't, you can't. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. part of what's built into life. We Mm -hmm. can be totally joyful and on fire for life and fulfilled until we find the way in which we were gifted to serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell you. I think about all the different things in my life and I, you know, I think about the big, huge milestones in my life and and the pivoting moments in my life. And then I think about the pivoting moments now in my life Mm. and how different those experiences are versus what I thought was back then, you know, like I graduated. Okay. So I was a single mom. I had just lost my fiance and I hit and run. I mean, I was like, wow, I have to raise this baby by myself and finish college all by myself and do this all on my own, knowing all the trauma that I had experienced. And so when I graduated college, I was like, wow, look at me. I did it. Now I'm hosting events with my husband. My kids are in the room with people listening to stories about how life has happened to them because we're promised that it will. And that not only did they not you know, completely be devoured by trauma, but they put their feet back on the ground and healed and took it to go be better and impact other people. And that to me has been way more fulfilling than me graduating college. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like there's, there's just nothing better than putting my kids in a room full of people 
like that, who are doing amazing things in the world, didn't have, you know, a mindset that they were going to be a victim the rest of the time. And they're out there actually doing something with their story and healing on their own journey. And that is fulfillment. Yeah. That is fulfillment. For sure. That's amazing. Well, I don't think that there's much else we need to get to because that was pretty incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, I don't, nothing else that I need to ask. Is there anything I didn't ask or we didn't touch on that you think is important to talk about? I would just like to talk about the book real briefly about warrior women. I think that it's important for me to share right now that I've had a very interesting journey with women. Okay. I've had a very interesting journey. I've, I, I went like it started in high school. So in high school, it was like very clicky and I, I kind of wasn't really sure like if I was hated more or if I was liked more, but I thought I was like a person who just was friends with everybody kind of person. I could be wrong. I don't know. I was told my whole life that I'm so intimidating. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't understand. I'm like the nicest person. I don't understand <laughs> why I'm intimidating. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I listen well. I feel like I, um, I think what happens is that when you start growing and your, your mission is to really put your head back up, to get focused on what God's called you to do and to be able to step into action. I think that's my, that may be what is a little intimidating. And what I just want to talk about is the war women project where we are creating a community for ladies who kind of had that same journey that I had, where they kind of grew out of high school and into their, you know, later ages, you're through, you're going through motherhood, you're a wife, you have a career, you're trying to run a business. And because of all the roles that we're playing, we don't have time to find that community. And I just want to encourage the women to be able to really think about, are you really connected with other women who are challenging you who are holding you accountable and who are allowing you to laugh and be yourself without any judgment and I really 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 want people to think about their roles as women is that we're just not moms and we're not just teachers or we're not just who we are in our career but to really think about and to show your kids one of the biggest lessons that you could show your kids is is that I'm more than just your mom you know, God's made me to be this person and I need you to see me be that person too. Cause I, it's so important. So in the warrior woman book, the biggest piece of that was supposed to have a connection for women and a group for women to weekly be able to get a hold of each other and say, Hey, like, it's nice to see you. This is what I'm doing, you know, feedback and accountability and praise and prayer and just being able to just be yourselves and, and be okay with that. Um, and then not only that, but to be able to tell your story and to be able to not only to tell your story, but to be able to say, Hey, to your family members, this is what I need you to know from the story. I think the be, to be able to manipulate that in a way where we don't allow people to take their version of what they want from your story and say, like, I don't need you to be sad for me. What I want you to is be inspired yeah. By what it created out of me. Um, I think that's really, really important because I think sometimes women go their whole life without saying what their story actually is. And their kids don't even really know 
what they've been through. Um, and, and it kind of helps when the kids get old enough to kind of experience like in the words of their mom, like, this is what I want you to know from my story. This is my story. And this is what I want you to know from, I think it will just fill your kids in the piece by piece wholeness that they didn't once have before by understanding. Yep. You know, I think when, I think when, um, spouses and when children, really get to hear it and get to see your version of it and get to feel those pieces connecting. I feel like it's pure understanding. And I think that it's a legacy piece that every family should experience. So I just wanted to talk about that real quick because of how passionate I am about that part. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And um, I mean, this will be coming out after the book has already been released. So if our listeners are interested in getting a copy, we can make that really easy for you. We'll put all of the links in the show notes so you can see what it's all about and read the stories and get a copy for yourself and get copies to share with your tribe. Mm -hmm. I think every woman could identify with some of the stories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a piece in everyone's story that anyone Mm -hmm. can identify with, you know, Mm -hmm. woman or not really Mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Something I like to do in my interviews is throw five random rapid fire questions at you and you just, the first thing that comes to the top of your head. So, Oh, I'm I'm for it. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) What is one thing you've always wanted to do, but haven't yet? Oh, I want to hike the rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yes. Oh, maybe yes. Girls trip. That sounds like fun. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a very, very difficult challenge, but I'm here for yeah. it. <laughs> what is one thing you've done that you never thought you would? Oh, I went to Italy, man. And I, I felt so called to that place. It was a dream of mine. My whole life, I wanted to go to Italy. And I wanted to take my grandfather. That was my dream. Like one of my goals, bucket list things is, is I wanted to take my grandfather to Italy. Well, my grandfather became where he's not able to walk as much and, and he's not just stable as far as physically anymore. So he, he isn't comfortable with going that far away. And so I went to Italy and when I went there, I felt like I found myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could see the servant in me. I, it was, it was unbelievable. I hadn't, I feel like to me, sometimes I serve people so much that sometimes it's like, they can't really understand how I serve so much. I went to Italy and I saw them serving exactly the same way that I serve people just on your, on your sleeve. You're just serving on your sleeve. It's just, and I was just like, wow, I felt like the environment, the culture, the, their, their demeanor, their bluntness, their direct, their, you know, but they're serving and they're, they'll take everything that they have and give it to you. And I felt like it was for the first time in a long time. I felt like I could understand myself way more. I felt truly connected in my soul to that place. And what's funny about it is I came home and months later, my daughter's telling me who's 16. Uh, she's telling me that she wants to move to Italy. And I'm like, oh, it's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) But she had the same connection. She felt the same connection that I did. And so now I know she's only 16 and this might change tomorrow, but 
she feels like she may end up in Europe. And I was like, okay, well, I guess me and Josie might have to have a plan B. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great plan B. (laughs) Oh, I love Europe. What is something that always makes you laugh? Oh, man. My husband doing dad jokes. Yeah, he's he's the he's the king of dad jokes. And then honestly, just seeing my daughters be siblings to each other. Like literally, I came home yesterday. It was so beautiful here. It was like 80 degrees. And I came home from church. And I walked into the back of my yard and I saw them with blankets down with the little glasses with a big pitcher of like lemonade and they were picking on each other and doing each other's nails with blankets outside on the concrete and it just made me laugh because it's like that's the best those are the best days for me yeah definitely what is one question I haven't asked but your husband would Ooh. oh man Let's see. He would probably say, what have you learned from this year? Because every birth, every single birthday, instead of saying happy birthday, Jesse will be like, what's the lesson that you've learned this year? <laughs> That's so Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me what, what the life lesson is that you've learned this year. So that, that's probably what it would be. I love it. That's a good one. I'm stealing that. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is what is success? Mm, I was asked this just recently too. I love this question so much. So to me, success is finding your gift, using your gift and, and impacting other people in the world. That is success to me. The other half of success to me is your relationships and having them be as healthy as possible because life is about relationships and it doesn't matter if you're killing it in business, if your marriage is failing. It doesn't matter if you're killing it in business because you found your gift, but your kids don't like you, you know? So I, I really truly believe that the best version of healthy relationships that you have with the people who are in your life. And if you don't have those people go out and find those people, right? Cause not every family has a picture perfect. I love you. You love me. We're a big, great family, Right. I think if you don't have that relationship with your siblings, then go find some sisters, go find some brothers. Cause there's a lot of them out there. And I think that even if you don't have them in your family, you can create them in different ways so that you feel like you still have those. And that's a piece of my journey for me, for my success is that if I didn't necessarily feel like I had those in my immediate family, I went and found them. Yeah. And that's what success is to me. Beautiful. We love it. If our listeners would like to connect and find out more about what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Facebook, actually. So uh, just a message on Facebook is is the best way. I also have Instagram. Um, those are the two platforms that I have. Perfect. So Desiree Cruz on Facebook and then Desiree Cruz on Instagram. And we will put links to those in the show notes so they can find it really easily. But thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Passionate Pursuits, powered by Corns Coaching, LLC. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now. This show is completely ad-free, so if you gain value from listening, please leave a review and share with a friend. 
I am so grateful for you.